Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. But I've had it in my heart, you know, to, to talk about dominion and uh, for this, uh, for however long we go. Um, dominion living is what we're calling it because uh, we're living in a time in the last of the last days where God's people need to be strong in certain truths of God's word. And, uh, you know, we, we need to be uh, not having to be under certain, you know, under the circumstances, under certain things that where fear would try to rule over us. Um, we've got to be in a position spiritually where we are doing the ruling and the reigning, where we're exercising dominion in life. It's an, it's an exciting time to be alive, but we need to be equipped with the truth. We need to be equipped with the truth uh, because even in the midst of dark times, uh, and the Bible is very clear, there are going to be some you know, dark times in the last days, but we don't have to get discouraged about that. We don't have to be overcome by that. We can uh, live and walk in a certain way to where uh, we're walking out the victory that God provided for us in Christ. And, uh, and certainly it's my heart, my heart and my desire, what, what really mo- you know, is one of the great motivators in my life in ministry is to see people uh, walk in a higher level of victory in their life and overcome things that the enemy, where the enemy's trying to steal, kill, and destroy. Uh, to see people, you know, walk, rise above it and uh, live in a place where God intended us to live. And, uh, and so, praise God, that's, that's, what, that's our desire. That's our purpose in, uh, in teaching along these lines. Again, well, I believe the Holy Spirit is still quick, you know, strength is um, uh, just brought that to my heart again. Uh, the importance of walking in dominion and authority in our lives as believers. Um, Psalm Psalm 8, Psalm 8, verse 4, we looked at this. We'll just look at these verses uh, from last time. Psalm 8, 4, uh, what is man that you're mindful of him and the son of man that you visit him? Verse 5, you've, for you have made him a little lower than the angels. A little lower, actually, that in the Hebrew, the word angels is actually Elohim. Uh, and so, in, in other translations do bring that out, <clears throat> that uh, he's made us a little lower than You've been made a little lower than God. In other words, you're in God's class <laughs> and, he, and you have crowned him. God crowned man with glory and with honor. That crown represents, for one thing, the crown represents a reigning, doesn't it? It represents a rulership. It represents uh, dominion. It represents operating in authority. And, uh, and so God crowned man. He put a crown on him. He put him in a high position. He crowned him with glory and honor. Then in verse Uh, verse six says, you have made him to have dominion over the works of your hands. You made him to have dominion. That's what you were made for. You could say man was created for God had a high purpose for the man. He created, you know, we look at man after the fall and see man, you know, uh, in many times the results of sin and the results of a spiritual death in the earth. And we see man uh, in one sense from a tainted position. And that's why Jesus had to come to reverse some things, uh, in that, in that, in that respect. But God created man, made him for dominion and to put all things under his feet. Amen. What a marvelous truth there that uh, God made us, made man to dominate, not to be dominated but to dominate, not dominate other people, but dominate in our, in our realm, our, our domain, in our realm of uh, influence. Amen. To dominate, you know, circumstances that try to dominate us because we have an enemy down here. Amen. So you've been, you've been manufactured that way. You, you're, you're, the DNA in you is to dominate spiritually. Even sinners have it in them because even sinners don't like to be dominated by things of this earth. That's why we see men fighting. You know, we have you know, dry, you know, fundraisers against cancer, against all other kinds of diseases, all these things. Why? Because something in man says, I don't want to be dominated by that. As in man. Now, Jesus came 
and, and, and restored the full purpose of that dominion. Because Jesus walked in it to its fullest measure. He fully expressed what dominion was all about. And so we, we can look to him and see how our dominion is supposed to operate in the earth. But uh, so, we, so that it's not distorted like man has, through sin, has distorted much of this. So we get, to, we get to see it clearly, more clearly through the redemptive work of Jesus as to what God's ultimate purpose is, what Jesus restored to us in redeeming us from the power of death and, and, and redeeming us into the kingdom of God and to operate in his, in his blessings and walk in the light and enjoy, uh, enjoy the victory, the overcoming life that God's made available for us. Because when people are experiencing, you know, torment and experiencing fear and, and, and experiencing lack and, and disease, that means they're being dominated. And, and that doesn't please God. And, it, it, and again, it's not part of what you're made to be and how you're made to live. Glory to God. Because when people live with these things and live under the circumstances that the enemy brings and live uh, dominated by things that are in opposition to God's will and God's plan and God's word and God's purpose, then they're not living what, the way that they were made to live. Because you were made to have dominion. That hasn't changed since the garden since God's plan for man in the beginning. We talked a lot about that last time. Hallelujah. See, dominion is something that is inherited. It's not self-made. It's something you receive from God. It's something God has bequeathed on you. <clears throat> and that's each and every individual, not just mankind in general. It's for you so that you don't have to be dominated so that you can rule and reign in this life. In fact, it is the exact same dominion Jesus illustrated and walked in when he was on the earth. Hallelujah. It's the same dominion. It's the same dominion. Glory to God. See, he, he walked it out, lived it out, illustrated it. Then he won it for us so that we could have it and walk in it. That's why he went to the one reason, one great purpose why he went to the cross was to restore what Adam lost in the fall. Went to the cross, died, raised from the dead. So he won it back, won back that dominion that man had before. So now it's a shared dominion because we have Jesus's dominion. Glory be to God. It's, in fact, it's, it's just part of your inheritance <clears throat> as being a believer. Part of your inheritance is dominion. Praise God. Amen. And whether we're going to enjoy our inheritance, the blessings and provisions of the new covenant, <clears throat> if they're going to be realized in our life and our experience, then we're going to have to know what we're made for and then walk in it exercise it. <coughs> Excuse me. You're going to have to wear it. Put it on <clears throat> like a wardrobe. <laughs> it's part of your wardrobe in the, in the inner man. <coughs> it's part of the new creation man. But how many you got to put it on? You've got to wear your dominion. And that comes through getting your mind renewed regularly. Keeping your mind renewed. Amen. And walking this out by faith. Glory to God. It needs to be revelation knowledge on the inside. Thank you, Lord. And if we get robbed in this area of dominion, it's going to affect every area of our lives. It affects our family. It affects, you know, again, our, 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 our finances, our careers. It affects relationships. It affects everything as to whether or not we are learning to live a dominion life. Praise God. 
So this, this, is, a, this, this is vital revelation that we need to stay uh, continually refreshed and renewed in. Because this needs to be, I, I'm telling you, dominion needs to be a, a daily mentality, a, just a, a, a lifestyle. That's why we're talking about dominion living. This is a lifestyle. In fact, we need to, it need, we need to be living this in such a way that it builds momentum in our life so that we're not just in it, in it one day, out of it the next, or in it for a few hours, out of it the next few hours. <clears throat> Where we're, where we're being dominated and we have the attitude of a victim and then we turn around and try to have the attitude of a victor and then the next day we wake up and we're a victim again. That, that's not going to work. It's kind of like, like parenting. If you're not consistent as a parent, you're going to create problems that you don't need to have. If you let your child get away with something for eight months, then all of a sudden you turn around and say, well, I think I'm going to put the clamps down now. Good luck. Or you may be able to do it, but it'll take a while. Some people, they, they, they let the kids run the house for the first 15 years of their life. Then all of a sudden they think, well, I'm going to start exercising a little control around here. Too late. <laughs> Kid says, I don't want to go to church all the way growing up. You know, and they say, then they finally, well, no, they decide at 13 or 14. No, we need to start going to church. They'll look at you like, what? You're kidding, right? Now, listen, that doesn't mean you just give up and relinquish your authority and dominion as a parent, but, but if you're inconsistent, you're going to create problems that you really don't want to have to deal with later on. I'm just in the parenting teaching right now, but, but that's just, I inserted that as an example because you see that sometimes. But uh, we need to be consistent. It's just, well, that's the same with our use of dominion in every area. Let's just be consistent. Let's learn to be. That's something you got to keep your mind. That's why we have to keep our mind renewed to these things. We need to be waking up and, 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 every, and, and determine anything that comes to me today. I'm going to exercise my dominion somehow. I, if fear tries to come at me, I'm going to resist it. I'm going to exercise dominion. If wrong thoughts come at me, sinful thoughts, I get to exercise some dominion right there in my mind. Symptoms come into my life. Don't just sit back and accept it and say, well, I guess that's just the way it is. But then you try to get healing three weeks later after you sat around with those symptoms for a while and read up on, and, and, and looked on, you know, and got online and found out all the issues about that, those symptoms and what they can cause and what they're all about and spent three weeks and telling your friends about it. You know, oh, look what, listen to what I read about these. Then all of a sudden you come to church and think, well, pastor lay hands on me. Hey, ain't going to work. Not if you're symptom-minded and disease-minded and problem-minded and, and you're, not, you're not even thinking about exercising dominion for three or four weeks, then all of a sudden, well, I'd like somebody to lay hands on me. Maybe they can get it off of me. That's not dominion living. Yes, there's power in prayer. There's power in laying on of hands. But how many of your heart and the position you're in makes a difference in whether you receive things or not? And so we're talking about a lifestyle where we, you know, we get up in the morning. We're ready to say, I'm going to dominate today. Not, not dominate my spouse or the people at work. It's not what we're talking about. That's a perversion, a distortion that maybe someone in the world might look at and that's how they dominate, but that's not us. In fact, if you're going to dominate in your relationships, you need to become a server and a lover. That'll help you dominate too. Because you're dominating things that could hinder a relationship. You need to dominate unforgiveness in your life. Dominate offense when it tries to come in. Exercise dominion over that. Say, no, I'm not giving in to that. That's part of walking in dominion too. <laughs> Hallelujah. Glory to God. You realize anything you don't resist has permission to stay in your life. Anything you don't resist, stand against, forbid, learn to dominate, it, you're giving it permission to stay. And guess what? It will stay if you don't learn to dominate. It'll hang around. 
So this needs to be a lifestyle. Let's look at Ephesians chapter one here. Wonderful passage of scripture. This is a prayer, really. It starts, it's part of it's a prayer, but it reveals some wonderful truths. Uh, and Paul says in verse 16, I do not cease to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers. Now, let me say this. This is a prayer you can pray for yourself and for others. It's something I do. I, I, I pray this regularly for myself and, and for others at times as, as, as led and as feel like I need to, to help other people maybe to see things. Because he talks about right off the bat here of making mention of you in my prayers. Next verse here, read on that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give, may give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. How many of God wants us to see things? See things he wants us to have and, and to be. Amen. So that's a spirit of wisdom. and revelation. It's something we can pray for. Lord, help me to see. I thank you for that. I have a spirit of wisdom and revelation. It'll help you understand scriptures better. It'll help just having the spiritual help that we need uh, there is available to us through praying this. That the God of our Lord Jesus Christ may, get this, may give it to you a spirit of wisdom, revelation, knowledge of him. Let's read on. The eyes of your understanding being light. How many know we need the light turned on sometime? In our spirit, man. In our spirit, man. You know, sometimes we can just be going along with like, I don't see it. Well, thank God you can pray and, and God will help you see it. Holy Spirit will help you see it. And he, said, he, taught, he goes on to say that you might know what is the hope of his calling, the, the calling God has for every believer, you know, and, and what are the riches of the glory? We could spend time on all this, riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. So he wants you to know things about your inheritance. He wants you seeing things about your inheritance that's true for you in Christ in the saints. And he goes on, verse, next verse, and what is the exceeding greatness of his power to us who believe? According to the working of his mighty power. See, this is toward us, for us who believe, according to the working of his mighty power. And I notice this, he starts getting into what Jesus accomplished for us. At the, when, when, when he worked in Christ, or wrought in Christ, when he, when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his own right hand in the heavenly places. Hallelujah. See, the, the, this is the power. There were opposing forces that, that came against Jesus to try to stop him. Let's read on. Let's read. Let's keep reading on here. Far above all principal, far above all principality and power and might and dominion. See, these there are forces that are opposing Jesus' resurrection. But there was a, the power of God that raised him from the dead. It, it, it brought him out of death and, uh, and it raised him up to the highest seat where he's far above every principality and power and dominion and every name this name. See, we're talking about, you know, the, the, that's the name of Jesus, of course. Uh, you know, and we're talking about that on Wednesday nights. We're, I'm giving you a double barrel this right now. If you hadn't been with us on Wednesday nights, we're, doing, we're talking about the name of Jesus. We need that weapon too. So I encourage you, if you can't be with us, make sure you watch us and catch up on, on that. Praise the Lord. And uh, this is about, I believe the Holy Spirit put that in my heart for, for what we're doing right now, for a purpose. Not only in this age, but also in that which is to come. Hallelujah. Verse 22. And he put all things under his feet and gave him to be the head over all things. Notice this, to the church, which is his body. Fullness of him who fills all in all. So he raised him up, seated him. Far above all principalities and powers. Amen. Put everything under his feet. Glory be to God. Why? To the church. For the church. Towards the body. Towards you and I. Thank you, Lord. See, he's the head. We're the body. But ex dominion is exercised from the head through the body. And for the body to have authority and dominion, it's got to, it has to come from the head. But it has to be the same dominion. If the body is going to execute what the head wants to get done. So that's why we have the same authority, the same dominion. <laughs> the same position. Praise God. The exact same dominion Jesus has, we have. 
because we're his body. You can't separate the head from the body. Your body's not, your, bo- <laughs> your head's not going to Longhorn Steakhouse and your body go to uh, Olive Garden. <laughs> they go together. The head and the body flow together. If the head gets the authority, the body gets the authority. So for the, and for the, if any dominion is going to be exercised, it's going to come from the head, but it's got to come through the body, which is the church. And we're here on earth. Jesus is in heaven. He's the head, but we're the ones that execute the authority and dominion from the head. He's given us the authority, the dominion, the responsibility. See, with responsibility comes authority. <laughs> and he's given it to us. And we, ha- and we have to exercise it. God's not going to do it for us. Hallelujah. There in uh, chapter 2. See, if the head says you can do it, you've been authorized and empowered to do it. There in, uh, in, in chapter 2 of Ephesians, verses 4 through 6, let's read that. God, who's rich in mercy because of his great love, wherewith he loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses, has made us alive together with Christ. Made us alive together with Christ. Together. Same. By grace you've been saved. Next verse. And raised us up together. When Jesus was raised up, you were raised up positionally. We have the same position. That's the same position of authority, same position of dominion and made us sit because he raised us up. The same power that raised him, set him down. And God set us with him together at his right, at the right hand of the father. We're not there physically, but that's our spiritual position of authority and dominion. That's, that's, we know we can operate from that platform, that position in how we execute dominion under the Lordship of Jesus, the head. But the church is the one, the body is the one executing the dominion. And if we don't execute the dominion, it's not going to get executed. Glory to God. You know, the devil doesn't want Christians knowing this. The devil loves it when Christians just wall around saying, well, God's in control. If God wants it to happen, he'll let it happen. He'll cause it to happen. It doesn't work that way. God said, I made you to have dominion. And then Jesus came and fully gave the full dimensions and purposes of that through redemption and and. And then God saw us in him, identified us in him. And so we're in Christ. So he's the head, we're the body, but everything he gets, we get. If he has dominion, we get it. Because we're the ones on the planet executing that dominion that God bequeathed on Jesus that he was raised up and seated with far above all the power of the devil. Thank you, Lord. Well, guess what? You and I are seated with him. That means he's under our feet. All the demons, anything demons can bring, anything they're behind to try to defeat you and destroy you. You can't stop them everywhere in the world with people that are letting them work. But, but as far as your domain, your realm of authority, <laughs> Glory be to God. See, the devil doesn't want you knowing this. Because he, he, he knows then you can change some things. You can start exercising dominion. You can start believing certain. You can believe in your heart and open up your, start opening up your mouth and speaking to a mountain. And it has to get out of the way. Not because God's up there moving and saying, get out of the way. Now, it's his power that's released, but it's still our exercising of dominion that makes it possible. He needs us. Oh, praise God. But God authorized you and I to dominate opposing circumstances, 
Too many people are sitting around saying, Lord, why did you let this happen? And God's going, uh, no, wait a minute. Why did you let this happen? Why are you letting that happen? God's done what he's going to do. He's already seated you in the highest seat of the universe. And he's authorized you, given you jurisdiction to change some things in your life. Anything that's trying to steal, kill, and destroy. Doesn't mean we've arrived. Doesn't mean we're perfect at it. But I tell you what, we ought to be moving, moving that way. There's no excuse for at least not moving that way. Well, you, you, may, you may look at me and say, well, well, there's so many circumstances that seem to be dominating my life. Well, you can start changing that today and you can start dominating. And it starts on the inside. It may not show up on the outside yet, but if you'll start it on the inside through the power of the word of God and then begin to act on that word and begin to speak the things in faith, you'll start seeing some things turn. Well, glory to God. Matthew chapter 16. Again, you know, people say, Lord, why are you letting this happen? He's going, no, why are you letting it happen? Because look at what Jesus said, Matthew 16. This is Jesus. He said this now. Okay. Aren't you glad we got the word of God on these things? I'm not just flapping my gums like some religious dodo head that doesn't know what he's talking about. I got Jesus under my feet. I'm standing on his word. I'm not just up here gabbing. I'm standing on his word. Not my opinion. Jesus said, I'll give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Keys denote access. It den they denote the one who who's in charge of driving the vehicle or getting into the house. Keys. I'm giving you the keys. Whatever, here they are, whatever you bind on earth. Will be bound in heaven. And whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Hallelujah. Keys denote access, they denote use, they denote control. So it's in your control, it's in your charge. You have the keys. The devil wants you sitting around thinking, there's nothing I can do about it. Nothing I can do about it. God is sovereign. Whatever he wants. No. <laughs> oh, dear heart, dear heart. He gave you the keys. Hallelujah. He gave us the keys. If I take my car keys and give them to my son and say, go have a good time driving around. I, 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 I'm the one who had the keys, but now I've given them to him. He gets to do with it. He gets to go have fun with it. Jesus said, I'll give you the keys. He didn't say, I'm keeping the keys. So you beg me for something every once in a while and you might get it. No, he said, I'm giving you the keys and whatever you initiate on the earth, it starts on the earth. Change begins on the earth. Dominion begins on the earth by a man who's been authorized from heaven. You do something on the earth, heaven will back you up. That's what he's saying. You, you forbid it on the earth, it'll be forbidden. You got my backing in heaven. And whatever you loose, heaven will respond to that. But loosening and binding begins on the earth. Heaven says, I got you back. I'll make sure it comes to pass, but you better use the keys. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. In other words, you've got to command the enemy to stop in his operation. You have to resist the devil and he'll flee. You speak to the mountain and it'll move. Those are all things in the word of God. That's not men's opinions. That's Bible. You have the keys to bind and loose. It's your job to keep the devil off of what Jesus made yours and is your inheritance and what belongs to you. Healing, blessing, favor, protection, financial increase. All these things, freedom from oppression and depression. All these things are part of what you've been redeemed from. And it's your responsibility and mine to take the keys and keep the devil off of what belongs to us. Hallelujah. Jesus made you 
the master of your domain. Yes, under his lordship. We're going to probably get, we're going to get into some other things. Stay with us on this subject because we're not, we're not near through with it. There's a lot of exciting stuff. And there's also stuff you can have to go, oh, yeah, I better do that. Because it's all connected. Jesus made you the master. He made you for dominion. But guess what? You and I still have to be masterful and act like masters. Act like we're in dominion and authority. We've got to put it on. We've got to wear that, wear that wardrobe. We've got to keep our mind renewed to it and then act like the word of God's true. We've got to believe this. You've got to believe you're in charge because God put you in charge of your circumstances, of your domain. Hallelujah. But it's got to become revelation to your heart. It's got to become revelation to your heart that the devil's defeated. It's got to become revelation to your heart that you have an inheritance that, that you can walk in as a, 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 and exercise dominion to protect that inheritance and to, and to have it manifest in your life. There's a legal side. There's, a, there's an experiential side. It's legally true what God says about you and the fact that you've been raised up and seated. But for it to become your experience, you've got to believe these things in your heart and you've got to exercise the dominion that has been given to you. You can't put it off on God. You can't put it off on somebody else. This is an important message in this hour. I believe that the Lord wouldn't have impressed on my heart so strong. For this hour, for the church, we need to be walking in the highest measure of dominion and authority that we've ever walked in. And make it a part of our, this is, this is who I am. This is what I've been made to do. This is how I'm going to live. But remember, this authority begins on earth. It begins on earth, and heaven backs it up. And God's able to back it up. He's got all the power to back it up. He's got all the ability to back it up. And one reason why he backs it up, because it originated with him, this plan, this dominion. He gave it, so he's, once God gives you the authority to do it, he's going to back it up. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. <laughs> And he will, like I say, he's the one, he does his part, we do our part. God's not going to do our part. I love, you know, I remember uh, Brother Hagin, uh, this was back in like, in the, in the 70s, I heard this, I heard this uh, account from a, 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 a guy that used to work at Raymond when I, I worked there, and he was actually, uh, he was part of the uh, team that was helped, Brother Hagin was having some crusades, and he happened to have a tent a tent revival back in like, you know, mid seventies up in, I think it was Michigan. And, uh, and this guy was telling the story because, uh, Buddy Harrison, who was, uh, brother Hagen's son-in-law used to be in charge of the, of a lot of the ministry operations, uh, there at, at Kenneth Hagen ministries. And so he was in charge of setting up the crusade and Get, making sure everything was done to get the tent set up, scheduling all the stuff involved. Your know, brother Hagen just come and he preaches. And uh, so they get there, they're set up for a week-long crusade, but the first two nights of the crusade uh, was just the storm, it was just incredible thunderstorms, fl flooding types of rain. He said it came into the tent. He said bo even boxes of Brother Hagin's books ended up floating a little bit at one point because there was a drain underneath the tent. Down there. They, they set the tent, tent up near a drain in a huge parking lot. And uh, he said people were having to actually get, get their feet up on another chair because there was water uh, on the floor. And so it was limiting how many people were coming. It kind of, but Brother Hagin, he, he'd just come in, he'd just preach like, you know, those first two nights, just preach like he always would. And finally, Buddy came to him on the, after the second service and said, because they had, still had the rest of the week to go. And he said, Brother Hagin, the forecast is not any better for the next three or four weeks. I mean, three or four days, he said, I said, and he said, Brother Hagin, he called him Doc, uh, but he called him, he said, Doc, what are you going to do about it? And Brother Hagin uh, looked at him and said, nothing, that's your job. And he just turned around and walked off. 
Well, see, I, I, I knew Brother Hagin a little bit along that way. He was, he, I mean, it's just the way he was. He's like, you got a responsibility. That's your job. I don't do that. He put him in charge of all that. So Buddy got the message. <laughs> and, uh, and Buddy, he said, all right. He said, he, then he took authority. He said, in the name of Jesus, I command, you know, I, I rebuke these storms. They're not going to be able to continue this week. And he, he used his authority. They had a beautiful rest of the week. But Brother Hagin, he would have just kept on going. Every night, preaching the same, and with rain coming in the tent. Well, that's a, that's a very good analogy of really how God's operating. We're, we're looking at God saying, what are you going to do about it? Nothing. That's your job. <laughs> Amen. I mean, God's always going to do his part. He'll always bring, he's always got enough supply. He's made provision. Uh, you, you know, the resources are in Christ. The blessings, our inheritance, he's already given it to us. He, he sent Jesus who died, went to hell, raised from the dead, seated at the Father's right hand. And he set us with him so that we could be the ones now on the earth as the church to execute that dominion and authority. This already been purchased for us. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. <laughs> Glory be to God. So what are you binding and loosing? <laughs> See, dominion's got to be exercised. Hallelujah. And there are going to be some things that won't reach your life till you loose them. And there's some things that won't leave your life till you bind them. With your faith, with your words, with your prayer, there's different, different ways you know, authorities manifest through your obedience. You know, Jesus in Matthew 21, remember toward, at, uh, when he was uh, for his entrance into Jerusalem, so when they drew near to Jerusalem and he came to Bethphage at the Mount of Olives, Jesus sent two disciples, said to them, go, go into the village opposite you and immediately you will find a donkey tied and a colt with her Loose them and bring them to me. Loose them and bring them to me. If anyone says anything to you, you shall say, the Lord has need of them, and immediately he will send them. Isn't that interesting? I mean, I'm using this in a different, in a different manner here, but um, until Jesus told them to loose that colt and donkey, they didn't, they didn't get loose. <laughs> The cult isn't coming until we use words to loose some things. Amen. They're not going to come. Praise God. We need to loose favor. We need to loose sometimes jobs. Sometimes we need to loose things with our words that are part of our inheritance, part of what new covenant rights and privileges in Christ. What is our domain? Things that belong to you by inheritance, you need to be loosing into your life with your faith, your dominion. Faith is a means whereby we express our dominion. Hallelujah. Because we share the throne. That's, remember that we share the seating of the throne. This is not some pie in the sky, goofy idea. This is reality. And if it ever dawns on your heart, that's why we need to pray. Like Ephesians said, Lord, open my eyes, spirit of wisdom, revelation, and knowledge of you. That I'll see what my calling is. And every one of us are called to dominion. Hallelujah. You're, an, you're authorized to initiate things, to dominate. So don't wait for heaven to do it. Don't wait for heaven to do it. When something is opposing you. Hallelujah. Everything under Jesus' feet is under our feet. Everything under Jesus' feet is under our feet. Live each day with that, learn to live with that revelation. That's under my feet. Start and start dominating. Dominate some that day. Dominate over that thing that's bothering you that day. Don't wait till tomorrow. 
Start right now. At least start using words, even though you're still building yourself up. Maybe you need to keep meditating the word. Hear this, hear this teaching over and over. You get, build things into your life. Read the right book. Get some things in you. But you still need to start dominating whenever something is confronting you, opposing your inheritance. What is right, rightfully true, rightfully yours in Christ. Hallelujah. Speak to it. Think right. Resist it. Christians who do not exercise dominion in this life are going to get beat up and slapped around by the circumstances of life. That's not God's will. Now, we all face tests and trials, but we're not supposed to be slapped around by them and living under them. Thank God for Christians that are going to spend eternity in heaven, but wow, who wants to live a whip life down here? When you don't have to. But you can't be looking up and say, Lord, what are you going to do about it? <laughs> You're sovereign, aren't you? <laughs> That's your job. That's your job. Hallelujah. Then you got a bunch of Christians that think that God's the one behind there. They blame him for their tests and trials and problems. Amen. When they have been given dominion and authority to change the situation. There's really not a greater, in one sense, a greater reality for an individual, a Christian to find out that you can actually change things in your life. And not sit around and hope heaven changes it somehow, some way, sometime, sweet by and by, whatever. No. This is one of the greatest realities I ever received in my life was that I can do something about what I'm, what's opposing me right now. Now, some things you can't change out in the world all the time, you know, and, and you can't change people just because you rebuke them. If they want to be ornery, they can be ornery. If they want to yield to the devil, they'll yield to the devil. That's why, that's why Christians, you need to get a grip on the reality that if you're going to put your happiness in somebody else's mind, based it on what they think about you, I kind of marvel at that sometimes. I don't care what anybody in the world thinks about me. I mean, I have people in my life I care about. We all are human. We all have people that we love and cherish and, 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 and appreciate, and, and we do we just humanly care what others would think about us so that we're, if we're not doing anything wrong. But I will say this. If I know I'm doing what the Word of God says, and I know I'm, I'm thinking in line with God's Word, and I'm acting in line with that Word, I don't really care what anybody thinks about it. And I'm not going to put my value in what somebody else thinks about me. Well, they don't value me. Big, big deal. God does. That's all that matters. And he, he made me for dominion, so get out of my way. You can't stop me. Nobody stopped me. No devil, no human. All the principalities and powers that were, that were influencing people in that day when Jesus, at, at, the, at the, his death and his crucifixion, and then, his, then when he was raised from the dead, all the powers of the devil, and, and he was manifesting through the Romans, through the Jews, through, uh, you know, through, through individuals trying to keep Jesus in the grave. They couldn't do it. That power was too great. That power that brought him out of death, set him, raised him up, set him at the right hand of the Father. They couldn't stop it. Well, guess what, sweetie? That same power, same authority, same dominion, same position, same standing that the head has, I have. So no power can stop me from doing the will of God. No power can stop me from receiving my inheritance. No power can keep me in lack even, in, even if I'm in a world of scarcity. I don't care if the rest of the world's hungry. I won't be. Because I have an inheritance. I don't care if the rest of the world doesn't think I'm worth a dime. 
I know how valuable I really am because I have an inheritance that seated me at the right hand of the Father. So it, it matters how we <laughs> look at things. And dominion needs to be acted on. It needs to be exercised. It needs to be expressed. Because it's not when trouble shows up, well, what, what can I get God to do? No, it's what can I do? Because of what God's be, you know, authorized me to do. What can I do? What can I do? Hallelujah. It's like the man with the, uh, the man that worked his garden, you know, started a garden in his yard, in the backyard, big backyard, beautiful rows of beautiful vegetables eventually, you know, came up and, uh, and he was just so just blessed by it, blessed his family, wonderful, beautiful vegetables. And one of his friends down the street came by and <clears throat> saw that garden. He said, man, God has blessed you with such a beautiful garden. And the, and the man said, well, <clears throat> you should have seen it when God had it himself. <laughs> it wasn't anything till that man did something. Amen. <laughs> so God, you know, God's given us a garden, if you will. He's given us a plot. <clears throat> but we have to work it. We have to exercise the dominion. We've got to get our heart, our faith, our mouth, our thinking, everything working toward living this dominion life. And I don't care what your circumstance is right now. I don't care. It doesn't matter. <clears throat> Things can change and will change. And, and, and this power that's available to you in Christ can't be stopped to bring change. But you've got to be consistent and stay on the right side of this and live a dominion life. Make this your life. Make this part, just, it's what I'm made to do. I'm made to dominate, not be dominated. God put me in charge. I'm in charge of the garden. Now all the glory goes to God. You know, the man couldn't make the, he couldn't make the seed produce, could he? But he could set up the garden, he could do his part and, and God gives the increase. But how you know we, but we still have a vital part to play. And you have a legal standing. You have legal jurisdiction in your domain. But if you don't do something, it doesn't get done. Remember Moses in the Exodus 14? Uh, the children of Israel crying because Pharaoh's, they got the Red Sea in front of them. They got Pharaoh and his army behind. They're in a, in, between a rock and a hard place. And, and they're crying to Moses, why would you bring us out here just to die? And, you know, we're, we should still be back there as slaves, you know. And, and Moses, Moses I'll go to God about it. He goes to God, you know, and, and he's telling him, listen, God didn't bring us out. Just be still and, and know the bowels of the Lord. And, but God spoke up and said, why are you crying to me? Read that in Exodus 14 sometime. Why are you crying out to me? Moses picked up the rod. That rod represents our authority. It's a type. It's a beautiful picture of what you and I have to do. If we don't pick up the rod, Pharaoh's going to overtake us. See, they had been delivered. Listen, listen, they had been delivered out of bondage, but Pharaoh still was trying to take away what they had, that deliverance. Hey, you know, that's the type of the devil today. We've been delivered in Christ. But do you realize the devil's always working to try to take away, come back and steal what's your inheritance in Christ, what's available to you, your victory? But you have that rod you can pick up, what you believe in your heart, the word of God, what you speak out of your mouth becomes a rod that'll part that Red Sea. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. Now, there are going to be times, listen, this is not, see, this is not a natural dominion we're talking about. We're talking about spiritual dominion here. <clears throat> and uh, we're not just talking about a personality-driven thing. You, know, you realize if somebody doesn't have revelation of dominion, they can actually become just rude 
and just kind of hard and not be, this is not a, it has, it's not a personality driven thing. In fact, my personality is not, it's not confrontive. Just naturally, I don't like to confront. But there have been times as a pastor, because I have authority in this church, and I've had to exercise dominion a few times, not a lot, in situations where, but it rose up within me, and I had to deal with some situations where it could have hurt the church, deal with people. And I had to get bold. I had to get confronted. I think I scared somebody one time because they'd never seen that side. They'd never seen that side of me. I, th- I don't regularly see that side of me. But there's something about that. See, it's not a natural thing. It's a spiritual. You can be a naturally as have a certain kind of personality. But when you start stepping into dominion and, you're, and wherever your realm is, and that's a, I know that's a little bit different realm. It's a ministry, it's, it's, it has to do with my calling. But listen, everybody... Everybody has a certain, whether you're called to be a parent, there's a, there's a level of dominion there. You may not be naturally confronted, but there are times you better, you better confront certain things if they, if they rise up in your children. Or, but that's true maybe for a boss. It's true in everybody. But we all have to have the, the wherewithal to, when it comes to spiritual dominion over the enemy, every one of us needs to be bold. That passivity uh, it's not going to work. Even though the devil's defeated, he's still not imprisoned. He still has a lease on this earth to be here for a season. And you and I have to be able to confront him. Re- the Bible says resist the devil. That's confrontive action right there. That means you stand up, you say no. It means you have to use your authority. That doesn't mean you have to get loud either. I just, I'm just talking about you're going to have to be able to let him know who's in charge here. And you're not settling for what the circumstance looks like right now. Because the devil's behind anything that steals, kills, destroys, disease, oppression, lack, fear. All He's behind it all. So you need to address it that way. From a place of dominion. And if you don't exercise it, it's not going to get exercised. And don't sit around and wait for somebody else to be the one to do it. Hallelujah. It's like, I I love this. I think I've shared the story with Lester Sumrall. I heard him share years ago. Of course, he uh, got called into the Philippines when he was a younger man. Uh, He left a church in South Bend, Indiana. He was pastoring, and God told him, I want you to go to the Philippines and help change that nation. He, um, so he gets there, and he's, He's starting a work, starting a church and a, and a ministry there. And he's, so he goes around for the first six months trying to build, you know, bring people into the church, get, getting people saved on the street. But then they would, he would get their address and then find out that's not even their address. He's over there with his family. And for the first six months, the only church members he had at the end of six months at his church was he and his wife and three boys. <laughs> I guess they pass the same $20 around in the offering every week. I don't know. <laughs> and, but he said, I'm, uh, he just, but he, said, he knew God called him there. Then the Lord told him, the Lord told, spoke to him and said, I want you to buy a, a, a building that's going to seat 10,000. He's like, Lord, we don't have anybody even come to church yet. Now they've gotten people saved and got, had some influence, but not. It's very little. And Lord said, I want you to still go buy that, go buy that building and get, and get ready. Still go, or go get a, you know, get a building that can seat that many. So he found a, a, an old, it was like an airline hangar. You know, a, a plane, you know, where planes used to be stored. And, uh, and he, he bought it. And started, or you know, at, least, at least put a lease, got a, you know, got a lease, or whatever. I don't know if he got a lease on or whatever he did. Start moving in that direction. And, and started and it was in the middle of starting to get that place prepared. And then he heard, they heard on the radio. It was nationwide. And the way they started this radio announcement was, if you're faint of heart, please don't, please turn your radio down. Well, Lester Sermon said, I turned mine up. Because <laughs> anything that tries to put me in fear, I go the opposite of it, you know. He turned that up and, and listened to what, this was, a, this was from the government. 
They said, we have a, we have a, a, a woman, actually she was a 17-year-old, uh, that they had in pri- in the, imprisoned, but she had, and they described what was going on, she has uh, bite marks come up on her body. She is r- full of rage, and they actually played part of her yelling on the radio, her voice. And of course, that's not, of course that, was, that scared a lot of people right there. And he heard that and he said, if you, if, if you can help us in any way, please contact so-and-so. It's like the mayor's office, you know, in the, it's the capital there. And, uh, or, or just contact the authorities. So they gave him a number. And, and he just, so he just heard that, goes about his business. And the Lord spoke to him and said, I want you to go cast the devil out of her. He said, Lord, not me. I'm not, I've only been here six months. And I said, I, th- I know you've got a lot of other so he knew it from other denominations that had ministries there and mission works there, other spirit-filled denominations. And, uh, you know, they have you know, a ton of Catholics, but they had, but all these, uh, but had, he said there were some other good denominations. But the Lord, here's what the Lord said to him. He said, I don't have anybody else. In the whole nation, God didn't have anybody that could go cast the devil out of somebody. So he kind of fought with it a little bit, but finally said, all right, I'll do it. And he called, called the mayor's office because the mayor had come out in the, in the capital city there and said, I, I, anybody wants to come, I want you to come through me first because I, I need to let you know some things because they found out that uh, since that radio broadcast, a, uh, uh, one, the ward, one, a warden in there in the jail, in the prison, had gone in there and slapped that girl around a couple of times and she turned around and spoke to him and said, you're going to die within 24 hours. And guess what he did? Then another doctor came in and, uh, and mocked her and said, oh, you're just putting on, you're just putting on a, an act. And, she, and that girl turned to him and said, you're going to die in 24 hours. And he did. <laughs> so you can imagine there's a lot of fear. And the mayor had, he said, I've got, I want to let somebody know what's going on here before they go and try to talk to this girl, deal with this girl. So the mayor, he went to the mayor, mayor made a way for him to go inside and the, and the woman would occasionally go into like fainting spells and just, you know, that's how the demon was almost like playing dead through her. She was possessed. And, uh, in fact, they found out later, you know, she, she had grown up, uh, she'd been a prostitute on the street since she was 12 years old. Her father died when he was young, her mother died. And, and the only place she could go died when she was like eight years old, only place she could go was to live on the street. Then they told her the only way you're going to be able to make, make, get by is probably become a prostitute. So from like 11 or 12 years old until 17. And so she had, you know, obviously the devil had gotten in it in her life. She was demon possessed though. And, but she's there and she's in a trance like state or kind of like fainted. <laughs> Unless the summerall comes in and immediately he picks her up and just slaps her a few times, slapped her right out of it. Then he, that demon began to speak up and said, started cursing God cursing Jesus and cursing doing all this. And every time he would, he would answer it and say, every time this demon would start talking about, you know, terrible things about God, or he would start claiming attributes of God in Jesus. And, and I realized, you know, he wasn't carrying on a conversation. He was just answering every time the devil tried to, had something to say. Listen, that's a lesson for all of us. Whenever the devil talks to you, you realize the devil, he'll, you realize some people commit suicide because they hear voices that tell them nobody loves you. That's a demon. There are demons of suicide. There are demons that are behind many things that cause, you know, I, I was listening to somebody talking about you know, these women, these girls that have anorexia and, 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 and think they're fat when they're about 95 pounds and they stop eating. One girl said one time, uh, I, I mean, this testimony of, of, of a young lady said, every time I looked in the mirror, this voice would tell me, you're so fat. And she's a little skinny thing. But it's a demon. And these, these, you got girls that'll starve themselves to death. That's demonic, listening to voices. It's not natural. So this, but let's assume I would address that. And then it came to a point where he, he said he got her, he, he took authority over that demon. 
and asked the young lady, would you, would you like to be born again? So he took a thought and she said, and she was able to overcome. He said, I need help. He, he cast that devil out of her. She got born again, filled with the spirit. He was able to get, let her live with a, someone who had started coming, knew it was a family, uh, knew, knew the family and was a Christian. It started coming to her, was able to help let her live with it, live with this, with this lady for a while. She began to grow in God's word. She eventually became the wife of a minister there in the country. Living a beautiful life and had children and wonderful family. Set free. And that, but getting that girl set free and that devil cast out of her, it spread throughout the whole nation. He had talked with a guy that had access to uh, warehouses full of Bibles that they couldn't even get rid of hardly any of them. But, and, and Lester Summerall told him, though, before he went to cast the devil out of that girl, he said, you're going to need to, you're going to need to make room for, you need to, you're going to need to get some more Bibles. You're going to run out of those. And the guy laughed at it in charge of the Bible you know, distribution. But there was such a revival that hit that nation that they totally ran out of the Bibles in that, in that distribution center. And, uh, and, and guess what? God had already had him started with a 10,000 seat building. And the revival hit that nation. They were able to have an amazing church over there. It's still going today. But isn't that something? God, one man, by using his authority and dominion, brought a move of God to a whole nation. Well, how much, you know, I know it's on a different scale. And it doesn't matter the scale. It's where we, but where you live, where you and I live, our realm of domain, we can we can help other people. We can be a testimony. We can be a light. We can be an example. Not only are we blessing our own lives and our own family, but we can be a blessing to many around us if we'll just learn to operate in the dominion that you and I were made for. But we have to learn to exercise it. It's got to become a part of our lifestyle. Not something you can just pick up and drop and relinquish for months and then all of a sudden try to pick it up again. It's not going to work like it should for us. I know some of us have tapped in there, but I've learned, I mean, I've, I've learned in my own life. This is something I have to practice all the time. I just on a regular basis. I can't, you just don't let yourself get off guard with this. Now, if you do, you repent, you get back up. If you let something dominate you, you can repent and then start dominating. Start dominating in your, in your mind, start dominating with your mouth you may not feel like it. It may not look like anything's working. You start dominating some way, somehow. Put a smile on your face. Start dominating. Just let the devil know he can't win in your life. He says lies to you. He tells you what he's going to do, all this he's going to do. You, you, he'll, he'll even try to remind you of your past. You just remind him of the blood of Jesus and let him know about his future. Dominate. Dominate. The devil's really good at trying to let you, oh, you've blown it so bad. God can never use you. You can never have victory over anything. Liar, liar, pants on fire. I, by the blood of Jesus, I'm free by the blood of Jesus. I'm clean by the blood of Jesus. I'm righteous. My future's bright. My past is covered. And devil, your future is dim. I've got all the weapons I need to dominate. The name of Jesus. We're talking about that on Wednesday night. The dom you can use that name. We've got the blood of Jesus. We've got the weapon, all the weapons of our warfare. We've got the armor of God. We've got the word of God, the sword of the spirit. Hallelujah. We're kings and priests unto him, the Bible says. Kings have a domain. You have a domain. Start ruling in your domain. When things oppose your inheritance, take your place of dominion. Be obedient to the word of God. Be obedient to the word. You know, one way you start dominating in the financial arena is being a tither. I know some people don't like that. I don't care. I'm going to give you the truth how you start dominating. You dominate through obedience. Now you can call, yeah, you can use your authority, speak things. You realize also doing what God told you to do in your field of endeavor or, or gifting or, or, or you know, your work environment, or whatever, that's also dominating. There's different aspects to dominating. 
Because the devil wants to deny you anything that God has for you to do. He wants to dominate you in every area of life. Well, you, but we have, we're authorized to dominate him. You're created to dominate him. You're made to dominate him. Glory be to God. It's a choice every day. Deuteronomy, one more verse. Deuteronomy 30, verse 19. Deuteronomy 30, 19. God said, I call heaven and earth as witnesses today against you that I've set before you life, death. You know, you're supposed to be dominating death, destruction, darkness when it comes at you, blessing and cursing. You're to be dominating cursing. But how's it going to happen? You got to choose it. You got to choose it. Therefore, choose life. Choose life. God's not going to choose it for you. You got to start choosing life today. <laughs> I'm dominating today. I'm exercising my authority over the devil right now. And the next hour. And the next hour. I'm going to live that way. I'm choosing it. I choose to dominate cursing. Choose to dominate anything the enemy throws at me to try to oppose my inheritance and what belongs to me in Christ. Make it a lifestyle. And your life will be filled with victory. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Let's just thank God for his word this morning. Father, we praise you. Thank you. <laughs> Father, we thank you. Thank you for what you've authorized us to do and how we're to live and what you've made us to be and made us to operate in. Thank you for making us for dominion, to rule and reign in this life by the grace of God and the gift of righteousness that we have in Christ. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah.